Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. So hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast hosted by me, Kieran, here to give you tips, tools and resources that you can use to smash your dating, romantic and sexual goals. Here I am with the dating and attraction expert known as Miss Kezia Noble. Apparently over 75 million views on YouTube, so I'm told. Apparently featured on Vice and E4 and ITV amongst other places. And from what I see, you spend a lot of time, you seem to be very diligent, very dedicated to helping men achieve dating success. Now, I have a question for you. The very first question I have is, why? Let me explain what I mean. Because I don't mean this in a bad way, but it's like, say me, the reason why I got into this was because I had no idea what I was doing. And then I came across a book online some years ago, which changed my life. And then somewhere along the way, I went from being a student to a guy who actually helps people himself. But that can't be your story. So what is yours? How did you get involved with this? What's Kezia's story? Well, it's Kezia. Um, so I do this because I'm good at it. Um, I'm. This is where I'm, I'm. I'll be honest with you. I'm not the most talented of people. I've, I've never made this claim that I'm, I didn't do particularly well at school. I don't have many hobbies, not many interests. And so when I'm good at something, I go all in. I think mm. that okay, I'm good at this. I understand psychological dynamics i understand how attraction works i find it fascinating i am so fascinated when i see even a woman who's not a 10 who's not even a seven and she manages to just wrap men around her fingers she manages to just seduce men and and sometimes men are like i don't know what it is about this woman i'm just like so attracted to her even though she's not my type i, I find i like to break that down as well so I find that interesting how psychology is used in order to build attraction. I was a skeptic at first, so back in 2006, when I was essentially headhunted uh, by a pickup artist company, because that's that was the terminology then, PUA. Um, they told me, you know, there's this we're running these boot camps which help guys get women and we need some girls to give some feedback in the sort of feedback section. So we're like guinea pigs, they, they practice on us and we give feedback. And the first thing I said is, well, this is a load of shit because you know it's about looks and uh, chemistry. I was very naive then. Um, and so I went along to this boot camp anyhow, because I was curious. And there was two things that I realized very, very quickly was that there were things that you could teach someone in order to make them more attractive. Because I really was someone that believed it was all down to looks. I am quite a looks focused person, you know, more than the average. Like I will go for a guy much more on his looks than the average woman. So I was completely like, that's the only thing that matters, that and maybe some confidence, right? And his status. But then when I saw like guys who I initially thought were not my type, I was not attracted to, suddenly working game on me and me thinking, even though I knew that they were working game, thinking this is making this guy more attractive. Um, I was, that's the first thing I noticed and I was hooked in then. 
Um, and the second reason, uh, the second thing that I noticed was that the other girls there were just not giving that honest feedback. So I'm very straightforward. You'll notice like during this uh, conversation, how candidly I speak and I'm very transparent and I'm very unapologetic. I don't, um, I'm not going to make up things about myself that are going to make me sound good. I know all my flaws, for instance. So, but I'm like that with people. I call them out very quickly. And I was giving that kind of feedback that these guys really needed in order to make those, uh, to have a clearer understanding about what women wanted, an honest insight into a female mind rather than what sounds acceptable. Um, and I'm, I think when men, when they have made the decision to get help, they put their ego to one side once they've made that decision. And then you can speak very, to the point very candidly with a man. I don't think men like to be sugarcoated. They want to be told I'm a great guy, but this, they want to just say, okay, this is what you're doing, A, B, and C. Whereas with women, even though they make the decision to get help, they have, everything has to be sugarcoated. And I'm not that person. So even though I find how to, you know, the breakdown of female desire um, in relation to how a woman makes herself more attractive, very, very interesting, I wouldn't be able to teach it because I just speak too candidly. I just, I'm too, the, too much to the point. All right, this brings me to an interesting question because something I know that you know, and you must deal with this a lot, is that in this space, there's a belief that you're a woman, ergo, you ain't got a clue what the hell you're talking about. Like, I, I see this a lot. It, apparently, you know, you you can't teach, you can't ask a fish to teach you how to fish or things like this. You just said something interesting, though, because you said that you were giving honest feedback and other women weren't giving honest feedback, which raises a question in my mind because the general consensus that I kind of hear is that, okay, women are attracted to various things, but they don't know what they're really attracted to because society doesn't actually tell them that. So if you ask a woman, say, what should I do on a date? She will tell you the socially prescribed thing because that's what the media has told her and that's what she genuinely believes. However, the implication that I'm getting from what you're saying is that maybe women actually have a very deep knowledge of what they really want, but they won't actually say it, but will instead go for what is true. Is that what you're saying? Yes, but they also don't know how to articulate it. So women mm. do have a deeper understanding of what they want, but they might not be telling men for the reasons which you gave. However, I do also think it's because they, they don't know how to articulate it. So for instance, if a woman said, well, I like a guy to play it cool, she's telling the truth, but what does that mean, playing it cool? What does that mean? When do you play it too cool where the woman thinks you're not interested? What does playing it cool mean? So I'll take, be more confident, play it cool, don't be so needy. And then I will take that and I will add the detail. This is how you communicate that. This is how you communicate an abundance mindset, an abundance lifestyle. Mm. So I hope that clarifies. No, it does. It does. Got you. So question then, speaking about you and the coaching and the work that you do for guys. So what would you say are one, two or three of the main things that you feel like men need? So when a guy comes to you, let's say he works for Deloitte and Touche. Yeah, Deloitte and Touche. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's the name of the company, right? Anyway, he works for Deloitte and he comes to you and he's like, my dating life is not where I want it to be. 
Based on your past experience, what are the main reasons why his life isn't where he wants it to be and what are the things that you work on with him? Okay, well, I like to do more case by case, but let's say in general, mm. um, it, it, it will be, the number one point will be uh, uncertainty and neediness. It's sort of wrapped together, those two things. So um, there's a point with men when they might approach a woman, for instance, or, or things are going well with a woman. And that, if they don't have the experience or confidence, that can create a trap. Let me explain what I mean. So things are going well, and that's when paralysis starts. They start thinking, I don't want to mess this up. This has gone really well. And if I make a move now, if I show my intent too sexually or maybe with too much confidence that's going to frighten her away so the neediness comes in and then that's when all their game starts falling apart essentially it's when you're going in you're you're playing to win right you're playing to win and you sort of there's a part of you that doesn't give a shit about the outcome almost it's a strange one how can you play to win and not care about the outcome but you're sort of like you're not you're not really taking anything personally uh, but when you start liking a woman and it's going well and you're making these kind of um, you're making this progress then it can suddenly be like oh shit this is going well and I like her I actually like this girl it's, it's more than just sex now I actually like this girl and that's when they start making all the mistakes that's when they start playing not to lose they go in that mindset oh, I better be very careful with what I say um, I better you know, I better say exactly the right things. I better not make too much of a move. I, I start becoming apologetic, weaker. It's a very strange one. Um, and that's why I say to guys, beware of the friend zone. Beware of it. A lot of guys get trapped in the friend zone where their initial goal was to sleep with her. And then time goes on, time goes on. And then they start spending more time with that woman. They start having feelings for her. They start liking her. And then it becomes, they start falling in love with her to a point more than just sex and that's when the paralysis comes in playing not to lose i don't want to fuck up what i had so i'm now i'm going to be extra careful why it's this is why it's very important that men make move very very quickly as soon as possible um they shouldn't be waiting around too long well that's the first thing but then there's other things also um that's linked to the sort of the the uh, scarcity mindset men have to always understand that there's other options they have to always have one foot out the door so to speak women <coughs> another thing is men need to hold on when you say options on one foot out the door what are you basically saying that in order for a man to be as attractive as he needs to be in order to attract uh high quality women does he need to have options just so that they know he has options and they know that if they don't uh, let's say play their cards right he'll go another way or is it actually for him and the way he feels within himself and the fact that now that he knows he has options he doesn't really care about any one specific woman because he also knows that if she doesn't turn up to the date there's another four or five who will it's both it's both but some guys have to fake it think about it some guys do not have an abundance lifestyle they don't have other options they don't they just don't they're not at that point yet they might be starting to learn they realize i don't have other options right now so what he has to do is he has to create the illusion that he does it's a pantomime you have to do that at the beginning you can try and sit there and say to yourself hey i'm great i have other options i have this 
abundance mindset, but until you start racking up those reference points and those, those, um, those results, then you're going to have to fake it a little bit. Right. And how do you help guys to fake it? So some guy who's listening now and is in the middle of New York and he's like, well, I have, how would I even start? I don't feel confident at all. I don't have options. I get ghosted on apps, even after getting maybe one or two matches after two weeks of swiping. How the hell am I supposed to pretend to be something that I'm not? So it's not about being something you're not entirely. So for instance, if you're an introvert, I will show you how an introvert can be attractive to women. Okay, so when I say being, I, I don't like that expression, being something you're not, but it is playing chess with a woman a little bit, playing mind chess with her and creating an idea in her head about you that's not in conflict with your personality okay so i'll never try and make an introvert to be an extrovert i'll never take a man and say lie about your lifestyle tell her you've got this tell her you've got that i will never do something like this but he's implying sorry but he's implying things he's implying things about his lifestyle we're not implying anything that's not true about his lifestyle or his personality but more about his mindset so if his mm. mindset is not there and he's got this scarcity mindset, he's going to have to camouflage that. So let's use camouflage, right? So he's going to have to hide that and imply, as you said, imply that actually don't second guess me kind of thing. You know, you think that I'm just going to give you this um, endless flow of attention, but actually I'm going to give it in installments. So something like that shows the table but you do have to give women installments of um, of attention. If it's on tap, anything you give on tap is the, loses its value. For men and women, both. So, for instance, that creates an idea in her head. It makes her go, hmm, he's not like the other guys. So let's say you go on a date with a woman and it's all going well. So let's say you're thinking in your head, you're in that scarcity mindset thinking, I've got, this has got to work because I don't have any other options. You've got to hide that completely because that will make her run for the hills. But also, in order to compensate for that, you need to play a few little games, make some alterations to how you usually behave with women that you become needy with in order for them to feel, to believe, hold on, he, this guy must have other options. So, back to installments. So she's... You've had a wonderful date. She's on cloud nine. She's waiting for her next installment. It doesn't come so quickly. You wait a little bit. You don't be so predictable. Predictable is a death of attraction. So a lot of people have this, well, this, this three-day rule of texting back. There is some, I think there is some logic in that. It doesn't have to be three days, though. But not coming across... You mean like three days after the first time you've met? Yeah, is that what you're referring to? That's just a, a, a rule that people have, the three-day rule. And I think that rule is complete BS. You know, I say strike of... while the iron's hot. Okay, yes and no. <laughs> yes and no. So uh, a lot of women, when they go on a date with a guy and it's going well, they're presuming he's going he's gonna to text straight away because he loved it. We had such a good time. He was really into me. And suddenly he doesn't. It's annoying for the woman, but she's like, well, hold on, what's going on here? Things going on in her mind. Uh, I was referring to the first meeting, gotcha. Yeah. Mm. Does he Does he like me? Is he that? Oh, okay, you're talking about the approach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you've met her in a bar, in a club, wherever the hell it is. You've okay. met her up. Okay. That's what I was referring to. 
So let me answer that one. The, what I say to my students is when they have approached, when they're swapping numbers to meet up, I always say, add this, add, you know what, the next two weeks, let me get that done and over with. So it's a head start for the next two weeks. And then we're going to meet up. So just that tells her what, you have a busy lifestyle, you have this schedule, you're being polite to her, you're not going to mess her around. But she knows now, I'm not his number one priority. He's making time for me because you said, let me get this two weeks out the way with. Or one week, you can say. Mm. Got a lot on. That's good because you need to create this picture. You need to create this idea that there's a lot going on in your life right now. And she's not number one priority. Maybe she will be one day, but she's not there yet. And she will be waiting for that phone call. She's more likely to be like, is he going to call after a week? Then don't call after a week. Call maybe a little bit later than a week, 10 days. She'll be quite, she'll be a lot more happy to hear from you if you just wait that little bit longer. Do you encourage your men to use social media? Because I agree with everything that you're saying, but I basically get my clients to use social media to um, facilitate this whole process. So for instance, let's say you meet a woman and then she's following you on Instagram and then she sees you on Instagram working out at the gym in the pursuit of a goal. Oh, so he's actually driven. He's actually going after something. She sees you on Instagram doing, uh, let's say, stand-up comedy or improv acting or whatever it is that you're doing. She sees you living your life through your stories. So indirectly, you're attracting her and reminding her of the fact that you have this value without actually needing to speak to her one-to-one. Do you do anything like that? Two things about that, three things. One, that does take, yeah. that does take a lot of time to do it. So people having to create a really um, positive, popular, attractive social media account does take time. Some of my students, they're not on social media. They don't want to be on social media. They don't, they don't want to put in that effort into an account. Okay, that's the first thing. But let's say they do. Let's say like your clients, they're like, no, we're happy to do that. Mm. For me, for a lot of women I know, it's when we don't see the man. We know he's got a social media account, but he's barely updating it. That's like, what's he up to? Can sometimes make us more curious. If he's putting up his whole life there, it, it, for me, I don't want to make it about me, that's the thing, but I know a lot of women will feel like me. It's a bit of a turn off when a guy's like on social media too much here's me doing my workout and here's me having my yeah but it, it doesn't unless, have to be his whole life he's like, unless that's his job then it's it's like who's he trying to impress who's he trying to impress here a lot of the guys who do very well have no social media at all nothing they're just this mystery they come to her they approach her and then suddenly they disappear and they come back that's quite attractive now I'm not saying that's for everyone, for slightly younger guys who are very happy to, um, you know, invest in their social media. And if they get it just right, yes, it can help. It's like, look, I'm doing all this great stuff. And she's watching that and she's building up more of a picture of him. I, I do get that. But it can also work the other way. You know, the, myst- the mysterious man who comes along. I, I have dated five guys who had no social media at all and one had a terrible instagram account where he didn't update it was a crazy silly instagram account and it's kind of it it's it's not so needy you know it's like i don't give a fuck about social 
mean, I don't give a fuck what people say, right? So- I hear you, I hear you, but I say, I say there's a difference between, say, I live on Instagram and I'm on Instagram all day, every day, and maybe I update my story twice a week or three times a week, you know? But if she knows you, but this is sometimes a bit of a problem for both men and women, it's because if they match up on, you know, uh, Hinge or whatever it is, Mm. they will sometimes end up following each other on Instagram. And I find that with a lot of my clients, they go, well, she ended up following me, but nothing happened because there's that connection there. They kind of think, especially men, they get very lazy. They think, well, I'm following her, it's like good enough, and we've got this connection. And it never, it, it never goes into real life. That's another problem. Is that because they haven't tried? Is like, is he reaching out to her to, to message her and to try and facilitate a date? Or is he just expecting it to... Or is he expecting her to reach out to him? I think from I'm I'm not on date. I mean, I've tried dating apps, and I have that story. My my experience is very funny. It's only for two mm. weeks, but my friends are just like no, it's just like we match, and then nothing happens, and we end up following each other. And, and the guy thinks it's like mental masturbation. He thinks, well, we've matched. She kind of liked me. Let's leave it. Let's leave it there. Let's not progress it. Almost like because they're fearful. Like that moment, they try and actually progress. And she says, no, actually, I'm fine. That's like a rejection. Uh, listen, I, I, I don't do dating apps because I see what it's done to my female friends. Some of them have been on there for eight years. Very good looking women, barely any dates. because They're getting matches, but it's not leading up to anything. Well, so that's an interesting thing, though, because it's like if I've got a man and he's on dating apps, he's like, I'm not getting any dates whatsoever. And I've got a woman who's on dating apps and she's not getting any dates whatsoever. Those are two completely different reasons. So for instance, now, and this is on a bit of a tangent, but see, like if I'm on apps, something you see a lot is that women don't put effort into their profiles because really and truly the way what your dating profile is, it's kind of like it's bait that you use to attract a certain type of human. You know, you're, you're attracting someone who's going to resonate with you. So if I'm, let's say I love working out and I've got pictures of me at the gym, women who like men who go to the gym or go to the gym themselves will go, oh, that sounds really cool. Or if I do skydiving or whatever it is. For instance, I'm in a relationship now and on my hinge, I said, I'm looking for someone to have a committed relationship of fun, love, support and fantastic sex. Does that sound, uh, does that sound, does that sound good? And my girlfriend saw that and it resonated with her. What I see a lot of women do on apps is that they don't put effort into their profiles at all. So they just have a few pictures of themselves, like there's three or four pics and they're in a cocktail dress with friends. And then they've written like the bare minimum on their profile or they maybe said what they want in a man. So then as a result, they haven't really put out the right bait to attract a certain type of man anyway. So yes, they're getting lots of matches, but it's not really targeted because they're just getting all sorts of guys. Whereas it's like, if you're some woman and you're really quirky and you like to break out into Frank Sinatra routines while you're in Tesco, if that's you, put that on your profile because then the man who's like, oh my God, yeah, 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 me too. He will actually see that. So... Yeah, I feel, feel yeah, like I men... advice to women, like some of my female friends said, what, what should I do with my profile? 
I'm like, I don't have a clue. You're a woman. It's just like, I can only help men. I can't help women. Nah, yeah. women have got to tell the story of who they are. But I do believe, I do see now what you mean. Uh, they do have not a lot of information there because most next to nothing there are just looking at how good looking the woman is and, and that's it so they just put a couple of nice photographs i mean that that is true but then there are men out there who if it's kind of like this like the, every man really cares about what a woman looks like on the that that is true but at the same time if you meet a woman who looks good but also happens to love dragon ball z that's even better so if he's like, yeah, she looks good. Yeah, I'd have sex with her. But hold on. She's dressed like Goku. Oh, my God. She loves Dragon Ball Z, too. That's going to come up when he's messaging me. What the fuck is Dragon Ball Z? Seriously, you've never heard of it? I'm um, not a millennial. Ne- never like, heard of it? No. What is that? It's a Jap- Japanese anime. It's like one of the... Well, why would I know that? I don't, I know, I don't have any... No. Okay, but the, the thing is, the thing is, this is like Dragon Ball Z is so big. It's like the name itself. I would have thought would have at some point just kind of hit your consciousness. Seen, listen, I've never seen Lord of the Rings. I've never seen any um, Marvel movies. Any? No. If I have, it's by mistake. I don't think I have. How about Game of Thrones? Never seen one. Yeah, you should really watch that. Like, trust me, it will change your life. Right. Um, I like to think I'm older than I look, so I'm 41. Okay, so we're like the same age. What on earth are you into this millennial shit? No, but (laughs) you're a millennial. How old are you? I'm not a millennial. How old are you? Your age. So why? You're a millennial. The millennial. No, no, no. no, You. you, I'm a zennial. Apparently, I was born exactly this sweet spot apparently between 1978 and 1985 is this sweet spot where okay well apparently the the millennial generation apparently is like 1980 to 1993 really well i read yeah anyway i'm not into millennial stuff let's put it that way evidently evidently (laughs) um yeah where were we now um so what what specific help do you provide? So, for instance, in terms of courses, one-to-one coaching, etc., how does that work? So, um, I provide a seven-day mastery program, which is in the UK and in the USA. Um, and that's live one-on-one training with myself and my coaches, both male and female. And it's, it's very intense. It's like going up, talking to women and getting that immediate feedback and advice, like straight away. Um, we have that, we have the acceleration online training program for people that prefer to sort of space out their learning. They don't want to make, they don't want it to be live. It is live coaching. They don't want to be, it, um, sorry, in-person coach, coaching. So everything that we, we provide is one-on-one, everything. We don't do boot camps. Um, I feel like that's the best way. It, it is, I think. Because it's, it's tailored, you know, and then you actually get to know the person that you're working with and help them around their unique sticking points. Well, I do, the first thing that I do is the induction. It's like a, a diagnosis. So we go through everything that I put up, what they believe their sticking points are, what their strengths are. And that's important to go through what their strengths are. A lot of guys forget about that. They're too focused on what's going wrong for them rather than what's right for them. We do some um, self-reframing, which is very important. And then 
we go through the objectives that they want to achieve. I show them what's realistic, how we're going to achieve it. They talk about what kind of training they want. Some of them want, most of them want very, very to the point, no, no bullshit kind of advice and they want to be pushed hard. They know this is it. They're seven days, got to get those results in. And some of them, though, they, they want a bit more carrot and stick. You know, they want it to be a little bit more gentle for the process. So, and that's what I do straight away. And I read them very, very well. I understand them very, very quickly. I'm a trained eye. So I spot things that a non-trained eye can't spot. Um, and yeah, and we that, then they go seven days and it changed their life. I and mean, we have over 200 video testimonials on my website from guys from all across the globe, different ages, different sticking points. They talk about their personal journey, so. And that's brilliant. And how exactly can somebody find out about um, your courses, your your training? Where would they go? My website, kezia-noble.com. That will have the links to my socials there if you want to find out more about my YouTube channel. Um, I do regular videos. I upload regular videos on YouTube about specific sticking points to help guys overcome those or find ways to, to start at least trying to overcome those um, yeah, so kezia-noble.com Right, lovely And before we go As I said via email I would like to know a little bit about Kezia herself So could you tell me one, maybe two Of your dating catastrophes Your dating tragedies Your dating calamities Can I do one when I was very young or no? Is that boring? That was my first I mean, as, I, Yeah, we can have a young one. We, we can have a young one, but I'd like to have one relative. Okay, let me give one young one, though, because mm-hmm. both of these stories have a good ending, actually. But I, I, was, a, I was a teenager, but this, it is a good one. It is a good one. And I really fancied the, the next-door neighbour of my best mm-hmm. friend, this guy. He was, he's just, he was gorgeous. And eventually, <laughs> he really was. And eventually, uh, he's like, yeah, I'll go on a date with Kezia. I'll go on a date with her. He's very cocky. And I said to him, let's go. This is me being a fucking idiot. I said, let's go to Laser Quest. Quasar. It was Quasar in those days. You must remember Quasar. Vaguely, yes. It was the shooting game. Yeah, 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 yeah. So me... Let's go to Quasar. He's like, what? I said, yeah, because I really liked Quasar. I said, that would be fun. And we... (laughs) We were there, and it's really hot in the room, and I'm running around, and I'm taking it really seriously, and he's just like, this is crap. And then I'm drenched in sweat, like, <laughs> drenched. And we just sat on the bus, and he wouldn't talk to me, and I'm just sitting there drenched in sweat. And then, and then we got home, and then I said, okay, is this my friend, ring him up to see if he wants to go on another date with me. <laughs> His brother picked up, his little brother picked up. He said, no, he never wants to see her again. Wow. You know what? No, it's a good ending because then one year later, we bumped into each other and it, the roles reversed. So we, we did go on another date and then I wasn't interested in him and he was like chasing me. So, but, Yeah, no, to be honest, I think you're a bit like good riddance because going to Quasar, that's fun. Running around, shooting things, building up sweat, like that's cool. Like, that's a good date. So he should have appreciated that. Him him not having a bad time says more about him than it does about you, in my humble opinion. 
Okay. But anyway, I've got one for you before you give me your older one. I've got one for you. So I'm also a teenager. This is like the first girlfriend I've ever had. And it's like, the truth is, I never, we, we never did anything. You know, you're a teenager and you're like, you got, I've got a boyfriend, but what do you do? Well, you ain't got any money to do anything. It's just like you hold hands and stuff and maybe like sit in a park. Well, our relationship was over the phone. We would just talk on the phone and have these conversations. But then one day I ended up going round to her house. Now, it's like during the day and her sister was there. It was like nothing untoward happened. I mean, I didn't have the confidence for that anyway. But still, I'm so scared. I'm terrified, right? Nerves and my heart is beating. Da-dum, 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 da-dum. So I badly need a shit, don't I? Badly. Oh my so I go into the toilet and... I did what I needed to do, but I blocked the toilet, didn't I? Oh, I good. blocked. I know, I know, that's and I'm nice. there. I'm, 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 I'm like, oh my god, what the hell do I do? How do I, how do I fix this? I couldn't fix this, so then I had to let her know. And then it's yeah, I actually never saw her again after that. That was the end of our acquaintance. Uh, yeah, it wasn't good. So what's your recent one? The second one, the second one though is boring. I think about it because it was just a bad date, and then it was a really, really bad date, mm. awful date. It, like the guy just threw me in a taxi, and it was like I never want to see you again, kind of thing. Like, bye. And we met up again. I think a year and a half later. I think it took him a year and a half to recover, and we ended up getting what? married. The very bad date. You can end up marrying that person. Still married? No, unfortunately. But yeah. we do, you know, we have a child and everything's mm. nice and we get on very well. You know. All right, but out of curiosity, what occurred to make this so awful? I was just an absolute cunt. Sorry. Um, I was just a fucking nightmare. I was vile. I was where I spoke to him, everything was just vile. I was very insecure around him. I was overcompensating mm. for my fear, mm. my insecurities. Oh my God. Like, just, it was hideous, hideous. Mm. But, you know, then a year and a half later, I was a different person. I was a completely mm. different person. So you never know. But I think the one that I was going to say, this is a faux pas that I made on a date. This is really bad. So my brother he set me up on a date with one of his friends and I was in Brighton at the time and I was doing a boot camp and I was kind of like oh you know what I said to my brother he's like oh he lives in Brighton come on just let him take you out for lunch when you've got your lunch break so I I think his name was Peter I don't remember let's just say his name's Peter right and he's like texting me going hi I'm Peter I booked us the table I said okay fine and I was just like I had the boot camp on my mind I was just not there, you know, and we were having lunch and we were talking and I, I found the messages they'd sent me saying, hey, it's me, Peter. And I just went in front of him and said, who the fuck is Peter? And he said, that's me. Oh, shit. I don't know. That was bad. <laughs> All right. My final one. This is bad. This is quite bad. So, this is about 10 years ago now, right? I met this girl. And funnily enough, we matched on Tinder. But, okay, you've never really been on apps before. But when you match someone, there's a there's a sliding scale to matching. 
it doesn't just because you match one doesn't mean you're in love with their profile it's like i like your profile just enough to swipe right and then there's oh my god please have sex with me now i liked her profile just enough to swipe right like i was barely interested however turned up on a day and she was incredible and we had this whirlwind romance okay me and her and it's like oh it was i couldn't believe it, it was just like everything Dragon Ball Z? No, we didn't. And it's Z, just so we're clear. Dragon Ball Z. But anyway, yeah, there we go. I forgive you. Now, me and this woman, we basically fell in love over the course of like a month or two. But then she went to Jamaica. And she was all supposed to go to Jamaica. She was all supposed to go. But anyway, she goes. And then after she goes, she starts to like... She's in Jamaica and like Jamaican men, they're not shy at all. Like you would have no business in Jamaica because Jamaican men, it's, she, you walk down the street as a woman there and every fifth man is approaching you to let you know just how beautiful you are. That's what they're all like. So me and her, even though she was in Jamaica, we were like still messaging and staying in contact. But then the Jamaican men started to turn her. Like she started to make her feel attractive. She started to go. And the more she went, the more I like tried to cling on, right? I'm just like trying to cling on, yeah. which pushed her away. Yeah. And then at some point she was like, oh, Kieran, I, I just don't want to do this anymore, which which honestly broke me. So then now we still haven't gone to the terrible date. This is just a setup for it. A few months later, she came back to the UK and I had it in my head that we were going to meet again. And I was going to, I was going to win a rover. I was going to prove I was going to prove myself. So the long and short of it is that me and her met and I had a panic attack. I was so nervous. Yeah. So nervous that I literally had a panic attack. And she ended up taking me to the hospital. Oh my God. That's extreme. That's what happened. That's that's my story. That's my truth. I mean, I would rather that was the worst thing that happened to me, to be honest. Yeah, because like that story wasn't nice when I was living through it. But it does give me a nice uh, anecdote to tell people about nowadays. So it's what it is. It's very much like a, a lot of a big thing I teach is push forward. That that totally. Totally. That's what that was it. They want to give. They want to feel like they want to impress you. Like, oh, did I did I do well? You know, did I do well? Did you like my outfit? Did I did I pick the boxes? And if you're just like, I'm a mess without you, and it's all about me having to prove myself to you, that's what makes women run for the hills. Hundred percent. There is nothing about that story that makes me think i wonder where it went wrong like there's none of it like but yeah yeah there we go but um kezia it has been lovely chatting really has conversation yeah 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 so um you know let's stay in touch um basically to the to the man who's watching please uh, go to her website check out her products she's got loads of books as well as well as the um the one-to-one coaching and yeah just thank you for your time it's been really good talking to you